1: With Philip Wolf and Aaron Halischuk is a Black Press Media podcast.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to NFL Report. I'm Aaron Halischuk, a journalist with Black Press Media. We are now looking at the last seven weeks of the 2022 NFL season. And I'm joined today with Vancouver Island Daily and Parksville Qualicum Beach News editor Philip Wolf to discuss all things NFL. Welcome to the podcast, Philip.
1: Thanks as always Erin and if anyone wonders if she starts laughing it's because I'm bundled up and outside currently as we do this. It's quite the scene.
0: (laughs) So we are heading into week 13 of the NFL season and I can't believe I'm saying this we've got five games left until the playoffs. A few things have happened since we last chatted the snowfall being one of them but a few other things. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers who just announced this week that he has been playing with a broken thumb on his throwing hand since week five. Uh, Do you think that's an excuse for the way that he's been playing or do you think that's just one of the many factors that the Green Bay Packers have been facing?
1: Well I find it interesting that the worse he plays the more his injuries become a noted factor anyway. He says he's good to go and wants to play this week so we'll see on Sunday. He's a Very complex guy, to put it nicely. I think the Packers should definitely cut bait after this year.
0: I think so, too. I was watching the game on Sunday where Jordan Love came in and played for a little bit, and he looked pretty good for the limited amount of playing time that he did get. Do you think he will finish off the season? Do you think they'll pull Rodgers and Love could finally get a little bit of a chance to shine, or do you think they'll stick with Rodgers right to the end of the season?
1: It's interesting because Rodgers will probably want to keep playing if he can, but having been in this situation before where he was sitting and waiting for his turn when Brett Favre was the quarterback, he should be more understanding. I think Love should take every single snap from here on out, and then the media can run to Rodgers each time looking for the interesting sound bites. So it'll definitely be something to watch, but I do think that the Packers should just move on and play Jordan Love from here on out.
0: Do you think Rodgers' career, is this his inevitable retirement coming up, or do you think he's still got a few years left, whether it be with the Packers or with another team?
1: I think he can still play. It just depends on the situation. I would be very fascinated to watch the San Francisco situation after this year if they don't win it all. I think somebody will always be willing to take a shot on Rodgers on a one-year deal. It'll just more depend on him than anything else.
0: I know injuries have been, uh, like most seasons, but this one in particular, it seems like it's just been the topic of discussion lately. We've got Cooper Cup out with a high ankle sprain for LA. We've got Darnell Moody with the Chicago Bears out and Christian McCaffrey with the 49ers. He's got a knee injury. And then if you look at the bigger season, we've got Tua and his concussion. And then of course Rogers, like we talked about, Uh, do you think these injuries like most years, but this year in particular, will it affect most teams and do you think it'll have an effect on the teams that are currently dominating their respective divisions?
1: I think injuries can always derail any season especially as they add an extra game move to the 17-game season, which is just straight greed. You could watch 24-game season. I wouldn't mind. But And it's a collision sport, so there's always going to be those injuries. But it just – it really seems like there's a lot more this year. Maybe it's just the notoriety that, that they're getting. But I don't know. They talk an awful lot about player safety. Yeah. And – I just don't know how much stock they really genuinely put into it, especially when I see two of their back playing immediately after suffering a concussion. And some of the stadiums still have artificial turf, which to me boggles my mind with the technology that they have and the ability to bring in those trays of grass. I don't know. Sometimes when I watch it, maybe it's just getting older. It just seems like the players are just so disposable and it makes it tough to watch sometimes.
0: And I like at what point it just seems like lip service that the NFL is providing, like you said, with, whether it be like player safety, whether it be all these sexual assault charges that seem to be swept under the rug. It's, they're acknowledging it in a public capacity, but whether there's any action behind it seems to be forgotten and it just keeps repeating this pattern over and over again and like you said severe injuries like as concussion where it could have easily been life-ending it didn't seem like overall in the larger picture it was really that big of a deal for the NFL.
1: Well, it's because we all keep watching. Yes. I can sit here and say whatever I want but I'm gonna tune in every single Sunday and they count on that and they know that so I don't think, think things will ever really change.
0: What do you think? Will it just be a change of advertisers and viewers that do you think will finally facilitate a change if that ever happens?
1: Maybe. I mean, slowly over the years, parents are getting a little more iffy about putting their kids into full collision sports, but there's still the appetite for it. And there's always new revenue streams that continue to be explored. So I think As long as the money keeps rolling in, I think they can deal with a certain churn of fan interest, which you look at Green Bay has the waiting list for season tickets for 80 years or something along those lines. It really is all lip service right now from the NFL, from us, from everybody. As long as it's a money-making machine, I don't see things changing too much.
0: So let's switch topics a little bit away from injuries and maybe that who cannot be playing that well – even though whether he does or doesn't have an injury, One of our favorite topics of this podcast, Russell Wilson, with the Broncos and their three and seven season, I don't know if it's really looked much worse for them in quite some time. Even this past Sunday, one of his own teammates, Mike Purcell, was caught on camera yelling at Wilson and that little clip went viral. And of course, Wilson said in a post-game press conference that Purcell was just being passionate about the game and they were just exchanging information. Of course, that's what he said. The way that the Broncos are looking, the way that Russell Wilson is playing, has he lost his own locker room? What are your thoughts on what's going on in Denver?
1: There's talk of him losing the locker room, but I think that's more just frustration with the team's record. It's awfully tough, especially if you're on the defensive side. If the Broncos scored even 20 points a game, they would have eight or nine wins. And no one would be talking about this. So it's a combination of factors for Russell, but this reminds me an awful lot of his time in Seattle. He's always been streaky. How often would you see an endless array of three and outs? And then the Legion of Boom would save him repeatedly over and over again, get him the ball back, and then he would perform some magic in the fourth quarter. And that worked forever, as long as he had the good defense. And there was also the grumblings from his teammates that Pete Carroll treated him with kid gloves in the meetings. Yes. That he wasn't held accountable. So that put him on a different level. And I think... The way that he carried himself into Denver, a lot of it seemed a bit manufactured. They've gotten off to a bad start. I think it's very salvageable. I I still think he's a solid quarterback. They just need a new coach and some weapons. I don't know if he'll ever be one of the guys, but the easiest way to win your teammates over is to win. So I think he's salvageable that way.
0: And I think you're right. In Seattle, he did have players like Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin to bail him out on occasion in those two-minute drills in the fourth quarter when push came to shove and he just doesn't have those weapons in Denver so do you think it'll take just a few little tweakings? obviously Nathaniel Hackett is on extremely thin ice I think my thought is maybe one more loss and he's out of there do you see him riding out the rest of the season and do you think maybe what it'll take is a coaching change
1: I think with anything, there's always a lot of factors, but you mentioned the weapons that he had in Seattle. I can equate it to Tua Tungavailova in Miami with Brian Flores as the coach. Mm -hmm. Everyone wondered what's wrong with Tua, and all of a sudden, he's got Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and offensive wizard Mike McDaniel, and he's at the top of the league. So situation is huge. I think a lot of the panic with Russell Wilson, I think, can be solved. His receivers have been injured, and I think Hackett is in way over his head. You mentioned the one more loss. That was later we'll be talking about some of the more interesting games of the weekend. Is That game interests me only because if they get whooped by Baltimore and he performs poorly again, I think they almost may have to show Hackett the door, but I, I think he needs some more weapons and a seasoned coach. And I think he'll be fine. It's just way too expensive to cut bait on him now. The dead cap hit next year would be a hundred million dollars or some exactly reserve, not like that.
0: do you think just speaking of his contract and what he's making there, one hundred and thirty five million, I believe, is his contract extension. Looking at the bigger picture, Would you say that I know there's been some pretty bad trades in NFL history, the O.J. Simpson trade and Herschel Walker going back a few decades. Does this rate up as one of the worst trades in the NFL?
1: Right now, it doesn't look good, but it's way too early for that, I would say. Right now, the Seahawks are making out like bandits. They could have a top five pick, and Geno Smith is playing well. But I think I would like to see at least one more year out of Wilson with different set of circumstances before I would declare anything like that.
0: And I know we've talked a lot about him and the trade on the podcast, but one of the factors that I know we haven't really touched on, and it doesn't really play into the actual Denver Broncos or his teammates, is the loss of his mental conditioning coach, Trevor Moad, which I know was his right-hand man his entire time in Seattle. And he worked extremely closely together. They wrote a book together, they did podcasts together, and he passed away in September 2021 when Wilson was still with the Seahawks. How much of a factor, or maybe it's not a factor at all, do you think Trevor Moad's loss really did play on Russell Wilson and his overall mental state.
1: I think it's a massive factor. He's always been a guy who's been just extremely on point with his messaging and he's always been successful. He looks to me like he's lost his confidence out there and any of the off-field swagger that he has just seems so manufactured. It just seems specifically done for social media. Here I am doing exercises on the plane and Here's my pregame stretching that the other players on other teams make fun of and things like that. Now, I just think that's just because he's lost his confidence. Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to just put out the message that he's fine, but I don't think he is. When you've trained always to see the positive, no matter what, it's really hard to admit anything is wrong. And then when the person that you can talk to most about that is gone and you have no one else, I think that's really difficult. I, it may be a little bit of a stretch, but I almost equate it to when Tiger Woods lost his dad. He lost his compass. He lost his confidant. He lost everything. And everything just went off the rails for him. And I see that with Russell. And it'll be interesting to see maybe he can find some other type of coach there. But who knows? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I know. It was very similar. It was I remember the press conference immediately after Trevor Moe had passed away and Russ was still with the Seahawks. And it was about a half hour Conversation just basically him answering two questions and he was so emotional. And it was one of the times where I've really seen him as authentic as he was, because like you said, he's so on point with his messaging. He never wavers. You could almost predict what he's going to say before you even ask the question. And that was the one time where I really was caught off guard. You could tell he was really shook down to his core in terms of that loss and I thought maybe that might've been part of a factor in the latter half of his season with the Seahawks last year. And looking at what the overall picture is this year and just watching him, even at press conferences and his messaging, like you said, it's very mechanical. It's very scripted. You know what he's going to say, but there is just a flatness to it. And if you know, somebody who, after reading that book, looking at what he did for Wilson and the way that he approaches games and bad situations and keeping neutral and all of those sorts of things, if that's not there, you're right. You can only take your training or your basics so far. But if that person isn't there when you need them the most, I can't see how it can't play a factor.
1: And confidence is huge for any elite athlete. And he had the injury last year, and I don't think he's played especially well since that. But that also plays into the confidence. Am I going out here at 100%? Can I throw like I throw? And the minute that those thoughts start to creep in, it just goes from there. And I think that has shown itself mostly this year in his decision making yes just not making confident decisions he's not he looks unsure of himself in the pocket he's not running anymore which almost seems like self-preservation more than anything else as opposed to the let's just let's ride russ and we'll get out there and run and do everything he just he looks so totally different i think that almost all of it is well aside from the weapons and the coaching (laughs) but for him personally i think it's mental at this point
0: I do too and that one game a few games ago where he sat out after saying he was slightly injured he was going to play and then last minute they switched quarterbacks and he didn't even start thinking back he was incredibly invincible up to that point he had a high ankle sprain about four or five seasons ago with the Seahawks and he kept playing like that is not the Russell Wilson that we know and when he decided not to play that game I was shocked from his perspective because that's not like him. He powers through. So it was at that point where I thought there's something else going on.
1: I really want him to have a new coach. Yes. I just do. Uh, yeah. Like I say, I harken back to the Tua situation. Tua did not look good under Brian Flores. There were streaks and stuff. But this year he's just relaxed. He's coffee He's everything under Mike McDaniel. And it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hurt when your receivers are wide open down the field. But, yeah, I think that will be... For me, one of the most interesting things next year, will be seeing what they surround Russell Wilson with.
0: Yeah, like you always said, situation matters, and it's clear in this instance for sure. So switching teams for a second to your Miami Dolphins, speaking of Tua, they're currently sitting at a tie with in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills, And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Jets aren't far behind. How do you see the AFC finishing this year? And does Miami take the top spot away from the Bills?
1: I don't think they do. I think next year is the year that the Dolphins will be really good. That was what I was targeting. Anyway, the Bills are a more well-rounded team at this point. And Miami has just a killer stretch of schedule coming up here. And they're dinged up on the offensive line for the next four or five weeks. I'm just more worried about Tua's self-preservation than anything else. Next year, the Dolphins will be really good.
0: Well, switch teams and divisions, the NFC West and my Seahawks, that they should have won the game on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, but they do fall to six and five and they're one game behind the 49ers. How do you see that division ending and do the 49ers take the top spot there?
1: I think the 49ers are clearly the class of that division at this point. The Seahawks should finish comfortably second and be in the race for the wild card, but I don't think that they'll catch the 49ers. I think that Jimmy G has definitely stabilized things for them. And it's been a surprise this year. I thought that the Seahawks might only win five or six games, so they've been much better than advertised, but I don't think they have a shot at winning the division.
0: Do you think Jimmy G can take them all the way again to a Super Bowl? But I just have this really sinking suspicion he just doesn't quite have what it takes to win everything.
1: Yeah, I think he's a very good quarterback and he's shown that he can get them that far, but I don't think they're winning anything with him. That would be the interesting point for me. But the NFC is pretty wide open.
0: It really is. There's a ton of mediocre teams and outside of a handful that really stand out, it's anybody's guess at this point. What games this coming Sunday are you particularly looking forward to?
1: I mentioned the Broncos and Ravens, but that's more schadenfreude than anything else. (laughs) Just good to see what happens there. The Dolphins 49ers will be the one that I'm watching. I think it'll give a good indication of where Miami is at. They're missing left tackle, Terrence Armstead. As I mentioned, I'm fearful for Tua. A measuring stick game for them. We'll see how that goes. Mike McDaniel going against his former team, so there's probably Mm -hmm. a lot of intel on either side there. Outside of that, I think the Chiefs-Bengals could be a fun matchup. It could be an AFC Championship preview. How about you?
0: That would be a good one for sure. I know I'm a bit biased, but I'm looking forward to LA and the Seahawks just because I'm enjoying seeing the absolute destruction of LA and that whole organization. I don't know. There's some weird joy that I get from watching a team fall from Super Bowl all the way to the bottom of the divisions. But based on the way that the Seahawks played last week, it really could be anybody's game. I'm keeping an eye on that one there. Just looking, like we said, at the overall schedule going forward here, you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast with a 17th regular season game set for the new year. How much of a deciding factor do you think that'll play into the playoff rankings. And from a fan's perspective, but also from a player's perspective, what do you think? Is that 17th game really a good idea to have?
1: For player safety, it's not a good idea. For fan Mm -hmm. interest, it's a great idea. Like I say, I'd watch 36 games if they were willing to play that. I think it gives more teams a chance to stay in the hunt longer as well. Yeah. And that's always the biggest way to make money is to have fans interested in their teams. The longer that you can stay in the hunt, the better. And yeah, I'm very interested in all the games. I think it's a good thing for fan interest.
0: I think too, like we said, with so many mediocre teams this year and so many potentials for any team to almost really take their own division, I'd be curious to see how many teams it comes down to for that last game to really make a difference for the last playoff push. So it might be a bigger deciding factor than in past years which again great from a fan's perspective i think
1: would be yeah a good thing for sure i think the nfl looks at it as parity as opposed to mediocrity
0: good pr choice of words there well, thanks so much philip really appreciate you joining us again and we will do this again soon in a couple of weeks
1: you bet thanks aaron thank you nfl report with philip wolf and aaron Hallischuk